Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. Welcome to the Mac Attack with Mac. Big, white, stiff. T-Bone. It's hard to do a show with a guy that's so volatile. Preppy. The bills make me want to shout. Now your host and cursor of many teams, Chris McLean. Don't pull up at 6 a.m. to cuddle with me. Stop tweeting when you stunk. The chut support to do that, you can't even support it. Good morning, Charlotte. Welcome aboard. It is Mac Attack time. We had a sports buffet. We had a sports potpourri, dare I say, last night, and it was glorious. It was glorious. We will recap everything we watched, everything we saw, we loved, we hated. We will talk about that. Uh, we've got uh, big news out of Chapel Hill, obviously, with UNC making a decision. It's just six days into class to go to all virtual learning. Uh, oh, by the way, y'all got to start that up uh, on Wednesday. Um, uh, so we will get into that. And what does how what effect does that have on UNC football? Is this the ticket? Is this what all schools should do if they want to get football? And Clemson has already held off on sending their general students there. So that's something we got to get into. The Big Ten is being ripped again, and this time it feels like they might deserve it. And, uh, oh, by the way, there's an SEC schedule out in the middle of all of this, and we got Panthers news. Matt Rule continues to add reasons why his players are loving him and why I love this man. That's coming up. On today's Mac Attack Radio Show, we got a lot to get into, the hockey, the baseball, the hoops, playoffs. Uh, so uh, today should be a fun day. We've got sports back in abundance. And uh, we got Preppy here, too. So, I mean, we, oh, you know, yeah. it says we'll balance it out, the good and the bad. Bone Man is in the house. Bone Man's Yankees have won oh. their 78th straight game or some crap. What's up, no, Bone I Man? Know. I'm not here to talk about my own teams. That's not what I do. When is the last time off the yard brought up the Yankees? It's been a long time, hasn't it? I've not brought up the Yankees, I don't this think. This morning you did a whole listen. Mac, listen to John Sterling's calls from last One night. One minute before the show. <laughs> yeah, that did happen. I didn't even know Preppy was here. Good morning, Preps. I didn't know you were here today. Yeah. Oh, good morning, Preps. The Charlotte Comfort Systems temperature right now, 67 degrees. Charlotte Comfort Systems has six months 
No payments, no interest available. Check them out at SherwoodComfortSystems.com. 67, Mag, that's a good football weather. That's a good, you're out there possibly watching football weather this year. That, that's good stuff right there. Ooh, I hope we got, uh, I hope we've got 67 degrees on a fall afternoon in football, but I still don't know what to make of it, man. But uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into the UNC decision and... Is that good for UNC football or bad for UNC football? So we'll get into that in a little bit. We got a Panther camp uh, recap as well. But Bone, I think the opening few minutes of this show need to be spent celebrating the fact that you and I both felt last night like stress because we were trying to monitor all the sports going on that we cared about, and it was actually, like, too much. And I almost tweeted out, like, there's too much sports on tonight. Yes! Lock and load! And I realized what... Bring on the pain! Do you realize what type of idiot I would sound like if I actually said that? Because of all the times we complain, we got no sports, we just want sports back. Last night, man, it was all there, and I'm not saying it was all good. Obviously, the Canes game bone, which I watched the whole thing... The way they got, I can't believe the way that game turned. And again, I full disclosure, I am not uh, Barry Melrose here. But the way that game changed, Bone, to where the Canes were up 2-0, and you're thinking this series is going in the third, and it feels like this series is about to be tied at two, and then it's on. Then it's a best of three, right? And then the way the Bruins dominated that third period, scoring four goals, just dominating the shots on goal in that series, or in that period, the, the the Canes did not have a shot on goal bone for the first 18 and a half minutes of that period. You and I were talking about it. We both noticed the same thing. Like the Canes, how much time did they even spend in the Boston zone in that period? Like that was, even an idiot, hockey idiot like me could figure out they were getting dominated even before the goals were scored. That felt like, I mean, I don't want to give up. But that felt like a, just a, a devastating blow, if not the series ender last I don't night. know what it finished at. I'll pull it up right here. But at one point uh, in the third period, before they even got the, the lead, the Bruins were out shooting the Hurricanes 33-17, to 17, something in that neighborhood. And, and it, it was almost tied, I think, at the end. It was real, It was close at the end of, uh, at the yes. end of two. And they, they scored what? The Bruins scored what? Four goals in about... Was it eight minutes or so, roughly? Like, what, about eight minutes or so? Yeah, I think and it, it felt like once the Bruins got that first goal at the 14-minute mark of the third period, it felt like there was more on the way. They're always in attack mode. It felt like once they got one, the floodgates opened, and that's what it did, and the Hurricanes couldn't get the puck on the other side of the ice. And it's just a team that has their number. That's seven of, that's seven of eight playoff wins over the last two years. It's just a team that finds a way, even if they lose their goalie, they lose one of their best players. Bruins just find a way on Saturday to win. They find a way to come back on Monday. They just find ways to beat the Hurricanes. And it started, by the way, with Reimer coming out, and that was a bad goal. That was a horrible decision. And and then it just snowballed from there. Reimer was playing an amazing game, too, before that point. I was just, I literally, I think I cursed him by thinking. I don't even think I had to say anything, tweet anything this time. I just thought, man, it's an amazing situation to have your second goalie, although they're basically splitsies right now. But to have your second goalie be able to play like this in a playoff game. And I had that thought. And next thing you know, he tries to skate out and get the puck. And they score a goal. And then it's three more after that. So, I don't know, man. That's a, feels- deflating, that's a deflating loss to come back from. Now you're down 3-1. You've got to turn around to play Wednesday afternoon. That feels like that third period yesterday was the series for the Hurricanes. It just feels like they had a chance there tied at two. 15 minutes to go, you're up by two goals, and you end up being down by two goals until the end. I mean, that's, that's a brutal. that's a very quick 
deflating turnaround to their in, that, credit, in that game yesterday. They still fought back at the they end, did. got one, and then had chances late in the last minute or so where I thought, could they possibly tie it? But they couldn't. And uh, the Canes now down 3-1. You're right, Bone. I think it's a 4 o'clock start tomorrow. I really love the daytime sports. It's good, I mean, it? and, and I don't know how this works for like... And I 40, don't know, 40 to 28 ended up being the total shots on goal. What was it through two periods? Could you tell that? I, I don't no? have it here in front of me right now. I know that I know that the Hurricanes got a bunch at the end. They scored that goal and then they had a couple opportunities at the end. So yeah, they, they added had, those. They added some on. It, it was ugly. It, it was... It was almost, they almost doubled up in shots on goal by the time the third period was halfway through. And like I said, it was that it was that barrage in the third period that because it was fairly even before yep. that on shots on goal. And the Canes obviously had a two goal lead. I love these sports in the daytime, and I don't know how other people feel about it. I don't know what everybody's different schedules are out there. Because Bone and I have the schedule where we're sitting there in the daytime. I'm on the computer, you know, getting ready for the next show anyway. So it's perfect. I'm giving Mabel but, my dog her foot cream rubs. Or foot rubs. Oh, is that what's going yeah, on yeah. there? Yeah, she right, gets, she gets right. a, she's got a skin routine. A little foot cream rub. That's a pampered dog, man. You got a day spot going on over there, buddy. I got to tell you, it's also improved my skin as well. <laughs> but um, I, I would have to imagine other people are enjoying Like Even if it's at work and you break your phone out and just kind of prop it up there while you're yeah, working. Yeah. Or a lot of people are working from home. You can't tell me, Bone, that a lot of people that are working from home are not having these games while they're working. Like, I don't know if it's the best thing for productivity, but NBA playoffs starting at 1 or one thirty, hockey playoffs on during the day, baseball, We, you and I have talked about it. I feel like they have missed an opportunity to go Ron Rivera here <laughs> on getting more games in the day. But it's just, it's just cool. It creates this sports potpourri feel. And, you know, to go to the NBA playoffs, you and I were basically thinking the same thing because you, you texted me and said – Oh my God! Watching this this crazy overtime game between the Nuggets and the Jazz, it's like March Madness. It is. It's a crazy game. Is there an upset? Do the Jazz beat them? They're on a neutral site in the no, middle of the day. Another game next. Yeah, and there's another game coming up. You're getting ready same for it. Same broadcasters. That one has to start on a different channel. Same broadcasters. It felt it felt like March Madness yesterday. And this is what we talked about yesterday. Talking about NBA ratings. It's just Mac and Bone here on Sports Radio FNZ, sort of recapping the day and night in sports yesterday. I said yesterday. The people that are going to be like, I don't want to watch the NBA. And didn't I say specifically that people would find out that the Jazz and Nuggets were in a battle about 3.30 p.m.? They'd say, I need to go check it out. Was that not the prime example I used? And what did Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray put on yesterday? A show. So if people don't want to watch that. They just don't want to watch the NBA. Period. That, that's it. They don't They don't have any interest in it. Listen, I, try I don't to- want to watch it. They don't play defense. They don't do that. I don't want to watch it because of politics. Yeah, who cares? That was unbelievable theater yesterday. It was One of the great playoff duels of recent memory. People have been making up reasons they don't watch the NBA for years. I just, I, I don't know. Oh, it's like, annoying. I don't know what, I don't know. And some of them seem to have validity. A lot of them seem to not. But that was just great entertainment. The only thing that made it hard to watch is Donovan Mitchell's going off for 57. And I'm having post-Hornets draft uh, disorder. That's the only issue there. But other than that, and then Jamal Murray says, okay, I got to do something about this. And then he goes off for what must have been about 20 points. And, you know, from the last five minutes of regulation into the overtime. He scored or assisted on 31 of the last 37 Nuggets points. It's just, it's just, and there was so much talent on the floor, man. I mean, it's just, and then you go forward throughout the day and uh, got a chance to watch Kemba Walker, the team I've adopted. My C's, as I, I like to call it, Bonnie, my C's, you know. Your C's. Jason Tatum is the star. And again, I don't know. It depends on how you view this. It could also be a post-Hornets 
traumatic, whatever I'm trying to say, stress disorder thing, to watch Kemba Walker have that sort of help that our organization never put around him. But watching Kemba Walker be able to stand there and watch Tatum go to work, a true star, a budding star in this league, like, I'm happy for Kemba, even if it doesn't, you know, make me sad as a Hornets fan. And Kemba made big, Kemba struggled shooting for a while, but made big plays in the fourth quarter, and um, that was a pretty good game. And then the, the show that Luka put on, Luka Doncic, 42 points in his first playoff game. <laughs> a, a playoff debut record. No, by the way, they lose the game because the Clippers roster is just stacked. Bone, that game went from Clippers up. I'm trying to get it straight here. Clippers were up, what, 16? 18 to 2 to start okay. the game. And then... Dallas outscores them by 30 because yeah, they, then they, they go up by 14. Up, they end up 14. And then the Porzingis, that's a tough, tough exit for Porzingis, man, getting tossed. Yeah, he got one technical foul earlier, and then he got into a little uh, kerfuffle. Is that a word? Kerfuffle with, um, was it Marcus Morris? I believe that is the one on the Clippers, Marcus yeah, Morris. Yeah, you got the right Morris. Got the right Morris. He got into a little, uh, little scrum, and he got teed up again. Look, you, that was weak to toss a guy on that. You got to know he has one technical. The, the Knicks and Heat made a living off of those scrums back in the 90s. Seriously, man. What would the bad boys say about that? Oh, by the way, I got so excited about the other sports, I forgot to say Braves win. Braves, Braves win. went on a freaking walk-off last night by Dansby. That was that great. Was, it was incredible. Up next, Matt Rule makes a gesture yesterday that shows you not only the coach he is, but the person as well. Hear what Matt Rule did next with Mac and Bone on Sports Radio FNZ. That is what we told you about at the end of our opening segment there. Uh, if you're a Braves nut, you're probably dialed in. I got to be honest. I kind of lost my spot there in the ninth inning phone uh, after the Duvall home run. I switched away for a second. I came back, and Brian Jordan was in the studio celebrating. We're on Sports Radio FNZ. Mac and Bone with you, delivered by Bojangles. That's a walk-off. Obviously came in the ninth inning. Walk-off home run by Dansby Swanson. Two-run shot. Duvall hit a two-run shot before that, and the Braves end up winning. They come from three down. In the ninth, they had left five runners on base bone the two previous innings. They were blowing chances, and I kind of thought they'd blown their opportunity here. Um, bullpen was kind of solid after a rough outing from Toussaint. Bullpen settled down in the latter innings. Bullpen and late inning bullpen and lineup, Boney. That's who's going to have to get it done on a lot of nights for the Braves. And they did last night. Big win, man. Their stud, Ian Anderson, who could be appearing, uh, who did pitch in a scrimmage the other day, inter-squad scrimmage, struck out 12 the other day. So at some point, yeah, you may have up. to pull the trigger on Ian Anderson. I know that uh, there wasn't very good news yesterday. Kelly Kroll, the reporter for the Braves on Fox Sports South, did an in-game report where she basically said Acuna and Albies are going to be out a while. I know, So they, they they thought Albies, Ozzy Albies might be uh, Friday, perhaps, but it's going to be. Well, he's not even hitting anything from the right side yet. And Acuna is going to be a while. So uh, just try to tread water until those guys get back. The good news is uh, that division is a lot of teams going underwater. So uh, it's not quite the division we thought it was going to be. I think if the Phillies and the Nats and the Mets were what we thought they would be, the Braves would be in some trouble here. But they have all got some sort of issues going on. I think the Braves can get this division. But again, I have a hard time seeing them as real World Series champ, you know, contenders because of. Soroka, and we'll yep. see, you know, in, in, in the starting pitching situation. Mac and Bone, Sports Radio FNZ. All right, so I loved all the sports last night, but while I'm watching the sports, Bone, you know what I'm doing yesterday, all right? 
I am reading every tweet I can about what any Panther did in practice, <laughs> first bat in practice yesterday, or what they said. Um, and there were only four, three guys speaking yesterday. What did the rule say? Yeah, Matt Rule has, is now having daily Zoom pressers, or I guess it was like, yeah, it wasn't even Zoom. I guess it was Zoom, I guess. All right, daily Zoom pressers after practice. So he spoke. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater speaking and Trey Boston speaking. Two guys that are both going to be, I think, leaders for this team. Uh, and uh, there was some interesting stuff. First of all, as far as practice goes, Boney, and, and again, it's practice. Take it with a grain of salt here, Bone. But um, as far as guys that were getting good reviews, Curtis Samuel continues to be what I like to call training camp rice. Hey, Curtis, I didn't did say it. Curtis, I didn't say it. Curtis Samuel in training camp becomes one of the greatest training camp receivers ever. Did you hear about Hopefully the new uh, keep it up. Had a Rice. sick catch yesterday in the end zone, Boney, against tremendous corner corn elder. Did you? Tremendous. We, we all can't beat Stephon Diggs. Did you hear um, the new Monday night countdown segment, Matt? They're going to do each Monday night during the season. You got Samuel. You got <laughs> and where he goes above Sounds some. right. Dude, he's playing good. You know who else is getting rave reviews? And you and I talked to him. And apparently have not Matt cursed him. But you and I talked to him right after he was an undrafted pickup from Arkansas State is um, uh, Omar Bayless, wide receiver. This kid's getting rave reviews from Rule, getting rave reviews from the media covering him. He made big catches, getting rave reviews from some of his teammates. Like, again, I know I have this tendency bone to get way too excited about undrafted free agent guys. You? And start thinking, we have found a steal, baby. Even the Hern Dog is hit. But Omar Bayless put up 1,600 yards last year at Arkansas State. I, there's there's something. It feels like there might be something there with this kid. There is something there. And you know why? He's the only Panther player that follows me on Twitter. Uh-oh. Oh. The only one. How about Omar. that? Omar's my man. You and him have a bond then, man. Tight bond. So you think you inspire him with your tweets about Mabel? I, I think he does. You'll never see me say a bad <laughs> word about the guy because he might see it. Um, Even J.J. Jansen doesn't follow me on Twitter. And he's like a friend of the show. J.J., follow me, please. I'm desperate. Now, you know who is struggling the last guy? McCaffrey used to follow me, but for some reason he doesn't anymore. I don't know what happened there with that. I don't know. What I can't imagine what happened. I don't stalking. Know. I don't stalking. Know. Um, Boney, a guy that's struggling in practice right now. And uh, we'll find out. I mean, do they need to bring in someone else? Michael Pilardi's out for the season. But Joseph Charlton, um, uh, rookie out of South Carolina, apparently had a couple of rough punch yesterday. One, I think we all can vouch for uh, by now. Have we all seen the Twitter video, the WBT's Brett Jensen shot? Bone, so be careful driving out there this morning. That ball is going to land at some point. <laughs> Bone, he shanked a punt, and it's caught on video so badly. Joe Person said it would be about a 12-yard punt. He says it went pretty much sideways, and when you watch it, Bone, I'm not sure. It, like, went over the wall to the side of the field, practice field. It either went into the trees or the way, like, a like a punt would when you're a kid punting in your own backyard. Yeah. Or it cleared the trees. I can't tell. It looked like an errant tee shot. Like, see, I, I expect Bryson DeChambeau to be chasing <laughs> it down, fi- fighting with a rules official over this thing. Oh, my God, that punt was terrible. This is disappointing because the Gamecock punters, they're supposed to be good at these things. He was good at South Carolina. You know that. It was almost like if you want, go to Brett Jensen's Twitter feed. I believe it's at Brett underscore Jensen. And the thing here is, you know, like when you see someone take a camera phone video of the sky when they think they see a UFO and they're trying to find it and they can't find it's almost like Jensen can't find the football. He's trying to locate the football. Oh, with it's the hard. Puck. How many times you have to? I think that's why it got 182,000 views, because most people had to watch it a thousand times just to figure out where the ball went. I had to watch that. So I had to put on my readers. I put on my glasses, look really close on my phone. Where do you think the punt return man has to stand after that kick? 
The punt return man is over. He's actually in the stadium. They're punting from the practice field, but the return man has to go into the stadium. This was it might... Brett's reaction in the middle of the video, too. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, it was bad, but apparently Boney rebounded, had a couple of nice punts to there close the day after that. So. I believe in my guy Charlton, though. He's going to bounce back. It's He'll interesting. They don't have camp legs this year. You know, usually they have, you know, a punter and a kicker that, you know, kind of take some of the, yeah. the, um, the you know, duty away. And uh, Matt Rule says instead of camp legs, what they do is – just kind of monitor it. And when they need someone for, you know, kickoffs and punts and stuff like that for the return teams, they'll just use the jugs machine instead of using just some, you know, rando that's going to get cut in a couple of weeks. I wonder if that's also uh, minimizing the amount of bodies also at camp, too. I wonder if that's an area where they said, you know, we don't need two kickers and two punters here. That's an to area get, where. To get down to 80? Yes. Yeah, to get down to 80, that might be something. Where if they had 90, they could have camp legs. Yes. It's a good thought I've there, Bonnie. I've got camp legs right now. It's I'm good, good to go. Thought. Russell Okung left again. But these are scheduled. He leaves and he gets treatment in the pool. Um, and well, that, he's got to go tweet some things out. And that <laughs> apparently he was active on Twitter. Was he getting political on Twitter? How would you describe what he was doing on Twitter? Uh, it's hard to a lot know, of anti-lockdown. There's land, a, there's, I don't know. There's a lot going on there where it's hard to figure out exactly where he's coming from on some things. But uh, he basically said, um, "I'm trying to let me try to find it here, Mac, real quick." He basically said yesterday, Russell Kuhn at Russell Kuhn on Twitter. He said. Social distancing and home lockdowns are insanely anti-human. So that's what he said. That caused a story yesterday. I can't figure him out because he will tweet things like that, that he is very like he like he has tweeted things where it seems like he's not taking the virus seriously. Right. And but then he also is the same guy who apparently could retire because of the virus. Yeah. So I'm very confused. I, I like I just he is the he is a the best way to put it, man, is he is different. He is interesting and he is hard to figure out. He's like a Rubik's Cube, man. He is. He's hard to to figure out and and and, and to solve. He also you said uh, two days ago, take the mask off and breathe in common sense. That's what I'm saying. But why are you possibly going to retire over the virus then? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm lost on it. He's I know a very that he's, confusing individual. He's got to be careful, though, not to drop his phone in the pool or these tweets won't come out for a while. <laughs> you think he's getting pool treatment and he's, and he's tweeting? Well, he's I doing think it. so. <laughs> That's what uh, I would do. All right. One of the, uh, there were two very cool things Matt Rule was involved in yesterday in practice. The first one um, was it was the first day of school. So KK Short and Mike Davis rolling late to practice, and the media wants to know why. Well, apparently Matt Rule allowed all the dads that wanted to to take their kids to school or just be there early on the first day of school virtually for their kids. Very cool touch that Coach Rule talked about. I gave every coach, staff member, and player who has kids, I think, should be there for their kids' first day of school. Even if it's virtual, they should have breakfast with them and, and help them get on the computer. They should drive them to school or whatever, so. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times people say they believe in stuff. They don't really do it. You know, I, I believe very much in family, and I think being a father is the, one of the most important is the most important thing that that I am and our players are. And so I I ask the players to please take that time. That is that's uh, awesome. That that's an awesome touch. And he has said these things before, man. Like he has uh, talked about the opting out, right? And it's a personal decision you got to make with your family. Like he just. He cares about his players, man. And I know, I, I just, I, I am finding myself 
falling in love with Matt Rule more each day. I know that seems a little over the top, right? But I just... I mean, I don't know if he reciprocates that feeling, but I don't want to see you get hurt here. Every day you surprise me. I fall more in love. You're going to be singing Wind Beneath My Wings here by the end of the week. Like, I just... And then you hear his players talk about him and the energy he has. And then Trey Boston talks about how honest he is with us and how we respect that. Like, I just... I think he is a player's coach, and even if he isn't for some reason a fan favorite right now, which I think is insane, like, I just think he is it. I think he's got it, man. I really do. By the way, I will be late for the show tomorrow. Our new coach here, Coach Fox, is allowing me to have breakfast with Mabel tomorrow morning, so I will not be here until the 7 o'clock hour. So that's our guys also the same way. (laughs) By the way. Also, I can keep the secret here. Our new boss, Terry Fox, I don't think he knows Mabel's the dog. So just you think you have a daughter? Yes. Oh, okay. would, yeah. All so right. just if you need to use that as cover, I won't I won't blow it for yeah, you. Yeah, sure you won't. I um I have to be honest, and I don't know how other parents out there feel about this, but if our boss did give us, hey, why don't you stay home, be a part of that first day of school, you know, get him out off to school on, you know, Wednesday's uh, the one day that my kids will go to go actually go to school. But yesterday was log on for the first time on all the computer systems. I would have said, no, I'm good working because, Bone, the complete cluster, you know what, that is the homeschooling situation right now. And and listen, it's unavoidable, but I mean, the whole state's online system went down yesterday. Um, I I would not want to be a part of that. My wife is a saint for handling all of that while I'm here, but I would turn down my coach, Bone. Speaking of cluster, you know what? UNC makes a decision on classes yesterday. What's the impact on college football? And oh, by the way, the SEC schedules, they're out now too as well. It's Mac and Bone on Sports Radio FNZ and the Radio.com app. Sports Radio FNZ, Mac and Bone with you. Uh, coming down from our sports high last night, watching just so much cool stuff on the tube. NBA playoffs back in action day at 1.30. Steve Clifford tries to draw up a defensive game plan for the freak. All right, Cliff, good luck, baby. Good luck to you. He has done a hell of a job. There. That, that would be uh, Giannis you're talking about, yes, for, not yes. Brooke Lopez. No, no. Not Robin Lopez. No. Okay, okay. No. Um, all right, we've got to talk college football because here we are. Another 24 hours later, Boney, and we got a crap ton of of news, and some of it actually involves the games that we hope will be played. The SEC put their schedule out. We'll talk talk about that in a second. For our purposes, the UNC decision is obviously the biggest deal on so many levels. I mean, I'm sure we got listeners that have kids that now will be coming back home. And, you know, you got to worry a little bit about kids coming back home and bringing the virus, maybe to older parents, so they grandparents. Just, they just moved in. Like they just moved in. They're on the way back already. Six days ago. It was the sixth day of class where UNC decided this is not working. We have way too many COVID cases um, and we can't do this. Um, there's a lot to to unpack here, Boney. The first is it just I, I and we've been talking about this the last week or so. I really thought that it was just so obvious that colleges should have all done virtual learning. The problem is, Bone, if they do virtual learning, can they They don't get the room and board. Can they get away with charging full tuition? Yeah. It, it, it feels like it's funny. We talk about universities sending the college football players out there to make money for them in a pandemic and not really care about them, right? 
But we haven't really talked about the fact that the reason why you would think students are sent back is also a monetary reason, right? It's a good doesn't, point. Doesn't that make sense? Because how much do they lose off the stuff sending the kids back? You just mentioned the room and board and all the stuff, all the all the expenses of being a college. Room and board wouldn't you wouldn't you'd have to refund that money. Um, and there would probably be a tuition fight on your hands. I know Harvard came out and said, we're doing online learning, but you're still, you still got to pay the full $40,000 a year. You still got to pay the full tuition. Um, I feel like that would have angered. Like if you're a school that would have tried to say full tuition still, even though it's virtual, I feel like that would have angered parents and you would have run the risk of losing those students potentially down the road. So I feel like the only reason the students are at these schools in the first place is money. Or maybe a lot of administrators thought we got to send them there to make it look good to play football, right? Yeah, it's true. So I, I think that has to be said is I feel like just general students might have been put at risk. Because you could make a case that the, the football players, because of all the people looking after them in terms of a staff, we hope that they're looking after them. We've seen, seen cases where some things are going on, but the football players might be in better shape than actually some of the students that are just on campus partying all the time. Oh, there's no, there's With not much to lose either. I mean, yes, of course they're there, but the football players, at least like some of the upper echelon ones are going to be like, all right, I, I can't, I can't mess up. I can't mess up for my team. I can't some, some just random partier in school. Might be like, I got nothing to lose here. I'm sure there's a lot of mindsets like that in college. As oh, well. yeah. No, you're right. That, that would be that would be the old bone man there. You ha- yeah. Ordinary average students are out there. How do I how do I have the best time for me? Whereas a lot of these college football guys and I'm sure not all of them, but a lot of them are right. thinking, what do I do for my team or what do I do for my draft stock so I can get this season in? Put more tape out there for the scouts. But and that's why I think bone. And it's funny because I used to, I'm sure, Boney, you could play the flipper sound effect or whatever. But like I used to think uh, a couple of months ago, weeks ago, I really thought, man, how can you play football if the students aren't on campus? The more I look at it, like is Clemson doing it right? Clemson never sent the kids there. They said late September we'll send the kids there if things are okay. But the football players are there on campus, but they're taking online classes. Is honestly the best way to do it? is students are home, general population home, and the football players are there. Therefore, there's not as many regular students around them, right? They can isolate better, almost have their own bubble. Like, is that the best way to do it? Something just dawned on me, too, Mackers. If you can't have fans and students at football games and the students are on campus— for example, I'll use UNC because they're in the news with the cluster situation, which, by the way, if I was a newspaper headline writer, I would use the term cluster F as my headline for this whole thing. Cluster F. So they cluster F. If I was a headline writer, that'd be my thing there. See? That's what the student newspaper did. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, well, they, really? they spelled the word out. Though. Oh, did they really? The I, did not, no, I also did not see that. Daily Tar Heels headline was UNC has a cluster. Oh, plate. OK. So yeah. they've already done that. OK, I didn't know. But here's the thing. If there are football games going on. <laughs> Students and fans can't go to the games. What are they naturally going to do when the games are on? Aren't they going to gather to watch the football games on campus somewhere? Aren't they going to go find their buddies and watch the football game? UNC plays Notre Dame or whatever. I know it's Thanksgiving, but I'm just saying, like, don't they? Wouldn't they be more apt to party? They can't go to the games. These college kids all over the place, SEC kids, they're all going to find a way to watch the games and party anyway. On campus somewhere? Oh, if they're on campus, they're partying for every event. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, they they could get their first C of the semester, and a kid's going to want to go out and rage, you know, with his 10 buddies. Like, it's just, just, so, to me, Bone, it's just, it's, it's, this is probably the way it should have been done. 
And I feel like other schools will come to this decision as well. And it makes me wonder about other schools in the state system. Because UNC's statement was, we talked to local and state authorities and came up with this decision. So what about other state schools? Is it just a matter of time till they come to this decision and send the students home? You yeah. Know, it, it just makes you wonder. Think Do about you, a school like Notre Dame, Mac, who had zero positive tests over a couple-month period of time as a football program. So they're, they're doing, as, a, as an athletic department, Notre Dame was doing what, everything they had to do to get a season going. Then the students come back, and they have two parties of over 90 or more, whatever it was, 88 or more people. So football is doing what they have to do. Students get back there. All of a sudden, there's these massive parties. That's got to be frustrating from the athletic standpoint that, hey, we're doing our part here. The students come back, and all of a sudden, who knows if our players get caught up in a party? Is the temptation real? Do they go to these parties? So here's, here's my question. Yeah. And it goes to you or anybody that's a college football fan that is listening. Like, do we still believe it is a bad look to send this to? Because that's what you and I said, and I have to be honest with you. That's what a lot of our listeners agreed. You can't have the students not there on campus but play college football. Have we all changed? Like, is it? Have we all changed our opinion on that? That it, it, we don't need to say it's a bad look. It's probably the safest for everybody involved to do it that way. I think we need to. I, I'm going to walk it back. I think. I, I think that there are so many other students and so many other students with different uh, agendas and different frames of mind. They may not all be sports fans. They're not all going to be. Oh well, it goes for basketball too. Oh, I, I'm not going to party because I want college basketball season to happen. That that's just not going to be in an 18 to 22 year old mindset. They're going to care about themselves in that moment, that instant moment of of what they can do in that time period. So I would, I I'm going to walk it back and say I was wrong. I think that it's better off that the students aren't there for football and basketball to happen. I agree. And the worst part of this is it means I've got to admit Danny Cannell was right. Damn. This was about two months ago. Danny Cannell said something, Bone, about how um, ex exactly this. I don't want to, I don't want to can, say he was right. I don't want to do it. You can play football with the students off campus and the players there because they will be safer there in the facilities by themselves. Danny Cannell, I don't say this often, he was right. And it pains me. It's like admitting your wife was right on something, which really I've become accustomed to. So it, it hurts less right now. But Danny Cannell said it, man. He did. Listen, listen, it's right here. Danny Cannell, you were right. I know you blocked me on Twitter a couple weeks and then unblocked me. I know we got into it, but you were right on this. Listen, Bone, this was uh, weeks back. I would say if you truly were worried about the well health and well-being of student athletes, the safest place they could be is on campus in an environment where they're controlled and they do have access to the best medical care, to the best testing, to the best housing facilities that they could possibly uh, afford. And he's all over it. He was all Gosh, over it, Bone, and I was wrong. And he was right. Oh, are you man. still are you still blocked on Twitter? No, he unblocked me. You, you might you should you unblock me. We had a back and forth since then. You know what? You should be the bigger person because you're a big big man. Be the bigger person and say, Danny, tweet at him this morning. Do it. Say, Danny. You you were right. I don't think and I have that. You know what? He won't <laughs> even. Danny Cannell. He won't even acknowledge you. I don't he think, wouldn't do that. What he? We've had multiple sessions back and forth over the last couple of weeks. I don't know why he picks me out because you know there are people ripping his opinions all the time. I don't know why I get why picked out. I tweet Danny Cannell and say, "Hey, Max said you were right." <laughs> That's a hard admission to make, man. It isn't is. it to tell someone oh, you were hell. right, especially when somebody has opinions that usually are crazy, but he had a right one. How about now, this? Danny Cannell was right. Adam Shine was nice to me all in 2020.
I got, oh my gosh. Wow. I got another one here too, Boney. How about this one? Something else I'm wondering if I need to change on. The Big Ten. The Big Ten, Boney, you and I defended yesterday because we said, hey, man, any decision where you've, you, you, you forego millions, whether it's safety, liability, whatever, you got to respect that. And for the most part, I do, although they really need to come with an explanation. It's, it's an embarrassment they haven't. But now we find out Sandy Barber, she is the athletic director at Penn State and the president of Minnesota, whatever. I don't know what his name is. Uh, they both have said that uh, they both made comments about how there might not have been an actual vote of the presidents of the Big Ten. Uh-oh. We were told all along that it was settled. They made their decision to push it off to the spring by president vote, so college president vote. And now both of them are like making comments as to how they don't think that there was an actual vote. What the hell? How did they do this? Rock, paper, scissors? Like, did Kevin Warren just do this on his own and go rogue? That's not what a commissioner is supposed to do. What the hell? This makes the Big Ten look even more ridiculous than people thought they looked before. I've never seen an election go this way before. This is insane. I, I trusted the process on this one. No, it is It is insane because you're right. How, how exactly was this done then? Just Kevin Warren? Just What, what was he doing? Oh, my God. We defended the Big Ten yesterday. You just said that. We defended the Big Ten. Now they're doing, they're flipping coins or something? I don't know. See, Bobby Carpenter told us, former Ohio State Buckeye, works in Columbus, works for ESPN. He told us, Bone, that it was an 8-6 vote <laughs> to, to cancel the season. But now you're hearing people say, well, it wasn't really a, the, the, the Minnesota president said, well, it wasn't really a vote per se. Sandy Barber, the AD of Penn State, says, I'm not sure there was a vote. So Kevin Warren so. ate the rest six, basically. <laughs> Kevin Warren had eight of the votes. By the way, Kevin Warren's son, and one of our guests brought this up last week, Kevin Warren's son is playing football at Mississippi State. They're Bobby, all Bobby Carpenter said that. They're all systems go. And Kevin Warren has shut down football here, but his son hasn't opted out. There's just, there's a lot. I'm telling you, if they would just communicate, like, it's a respectful decision. College sports conference gives up millions. You don't see that headline often. But you have to explain why the hell you're doing it. And you can't lead people to believe there was a vote if there wasn't a vote. Like, I, this this is this is getting ridiculous. Oh, by the way, Bone, in the middle of all of this, the SEC put out their schedule last night. That 10-game SEC schedule, Bone, looks glorious if they can play it. It does. Not Man, the first week. games all over the place. Not the first and week. Not the first week, really. They, they backloaded. But South Carolina Gamecocks get Tennessee at home week number one. How about that? That's not a bad game and to the, get it going and the, there. The, the point spread on that one, even. How about this? With. How about this, Bone? LSU, Alabama on the day of the Saturday of the Masters. <laughs> so everybody's thinking CBS runs the Masters by day, LSU, Alabama by night. Boom! That would be awesome. That's a night right there. That's a night, kids. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, keeping with the college football talk, ladies and gents, let's get an educated opinion here because clearly we whiffed on a lot of our analysis. Stuart Mandel, longtime college football writer, his thoughts on all this next. Next.